tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Happy New Year, everyone. We're back. Televised Heroics has come back from its two-week hiatus for the holidays. And Daniel, are you excited to get started in the new year? Hell yeah. So 2016 was rough, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Uh, you know, uh, you know, it was rough, but it, it was another year gone, another year of experience, uh, another year for Geek Elite Radio. Which uh, I have to say, thank you to our listeners. We have re- re- have reached a thousand followers on Twitter and uh, more every day. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening and uh, following us on Twitter. And if you can spread us around a little bit more, we can get some more followers on our Facebook page. Right now we're currently at 500 plus, so it would be nice if we can get up there to 1,000 as well. But, you know, that might be a little bit harder. Uh, But the people that are listening every day, we appreciate you and glad that you're still with us. And thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, with that being said, this new year, we, we're already starting some new things. We're getting more uh, active on our Twitch account. Thank you to Eric Lincoln, uh, I believe is a friend of yours. Daniel? Yeah, he uh, used to be my co-worker. Uh, he's really into playing video games and whatnot more than I am. I'm the casual gamer. He loads and loads and dumps hours and hours on video games. I am just underneath the casual gamer. Uh, that wasn't supposed to sound se- sexual at all, but <laughs> uh, it might have came off that way. Uh, I used to game a little bit more, but uh, in more recent history, I have not. But I will get on there and play more games. Um, as well as Daniel starting another podcast. So what's your other podcast on Geek Elite Radio? Uh, basically, uh, Dragon Ball or the Dragon Ball universe has always been a big staple, I guess, in my childhood. And it's still carried over to me being, you know, a younger adult, um, with, you know, new series coming out and the newer movies also being released. Um, doesn't seem like Dragon Ball is going to die anytime soon. And, um, I always had Dragon Ball close to my heart. So, um, you know, what we basically do is just talk about the show, talk about theories, and cover some of the episodes um, as well. And it's all Dragon Ball related. That sounds great. And your co-host on that is Ronnie Ramirez. Ron, yes. All right. Uh, what What is his Twitter Twitter handle if people want to follow that? At anime underscore nerd underscore Ron. There you go. At anime underscore nerd underscore Ron. So, a lot of new things happening on Geekly, uh, as, as well as Televised Heroics. We are finding that we have a lot to cover in these episodes. So, starting in the new year, we will be splitting up the Televised Heroics podcast. Um, right As of right now, the way it looks is that Daniel and I will be doing Televised Heroics CWDC, where uh, him and I will talk about... And this will start maybe in the next couple of weeks or when the shows come back. We will talk. It will all still be under Geekly Radio, but we will talk about the sh- the the show specifically on the CW. As of right now, that is uh, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. As of the new year, even New Year's Eve, actually, uh, Jeff Johns tweeted out that there is probably a new show coming out on the CW and they have yet to announce what it is, but we should keep an eye out for that. Uh, a second show for televised heroics would be televised heroics. Uh, other, I don't know if that's what, how you want to call it, but it will be more of the, the Marvel shows. And, uh, so each agents of shield, uh, maybe the Netflix shows, uh, like what we're going to be covering today with Luke cage and, uh, any other, Maybe we'll start picking up uh, iZombie or Lucifer and, you know, fill in the episodes on that show. Maybe uh, that will be where Gotham is also. And uh, maybe even Powerless when that comes out. And then finally we'll do uh, Televised Heroics The Walking Dead, 
which will be just talking about The Walking Dead. Because that show is big enough on its own that we can fill a whole hour. Right, Daniel? Right. And that will be done with you and another co-host. I don't know if you're ready to announce who that is yet. Yeah, uh, he is my co-worker. Uh, um, he's basically been there since the day I started. Um, he shares a common interest in um, in comics and in uh, you know geeky TV shows. Uh, currently, he's the one that gives me uh, all the inside info, keeps me in the loop of the Walking Dead comics. Um, so since he's a fan of the comics and the TV show, um, I picked him up as my co-host for this. And his name is Leobardo Reyes. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. And the you, uh, do, the return date for The Walking Dead is in February. I believe it's February 16th. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Wait, that can't be right. 16th isn't a Sunday. Maybe it's uh, in the 18th. Or following week could be it. Let me just yeah, somewhere, it somewhere around mid-February, people. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. everybody keep an eye out for that. We will, uh, obviously, we will give a lot of uh, updates and uh, reminders on our Facebook and Twitter page. So uh, glad that you're still with us and that you can it's, and you can appreciate all this uh, free content. So with all and that, you can embrace change. Sorry, it, it, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're right. Embrace change. Change is always good. We are we are only growing bigger and bigger here at Geek Elite Radio. So it sounds it's it's amazing that uh, we we have as many listeners as we do. <laughs> Uh, with all that being said, let's get to some geek news, Daniel. All right. What do you have for us? I know you have a, a story that's really rocking the the social medias today as we're recording this. Yeah, so um, this actually, I stayed up late last night, so I saw um, the first article on it last night. It was probably like around 10 or 11 p.m., but uh, Mark Hamill, um, he is currently reading Donald Trump. Um, you know, tweets in the voice of the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually, like, really, like, uh, it's it's terrible to compare the two because I have more respect for the Joker. Okay, we're not getting into the whole <laughs> political side of stuff. But, yes, Mark Hamill is reading off Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump's tweets uh, as the in the voice of the Joker, which... For many, I would say, is the iconic Joker. You know, it's the the iconic live-action Joker, or live-action, or recorded Joker, I would have to say, I guess, is better. But yeah, you know, most most people, when they think of the Joker speaking, they think of uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. Would you agree? Yes. So how uh, how is it sounding? Is it pretty funny? Um, well, he just did one, and I hope it's a continuous thing. But he just read it in his really enthusiastic voice, and then it ends on a creepy note. <laughs> As most of uh, Mark Hamill's Joker performances do, because that's I love the way that he when he does the Joker's voice. It's usually very excitable at the very beginning, and at the end, it's that very drab sound. <laughs> yep, and he does it so that's well. What he did so. Uh, I, uh, uh, if you haven't already gone out and listened to it, you know, check your social media feeds. It's there. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an, another story, Daniel? Yeah. So, um, I know that this game has been teased heavily, um, especially with the success of the first one. Um, but we finally get the release date to injustice Two, which I'm really excited for. The first game was amazing. Uh, so, and I'm not that big of a fighting game person, and I loved it. And the storyline was awesome. Um, so, the release date for Injustice Two is May sixteenth, twenty seventeen. That sounds incredible. Uh, I know what I'll be playing this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I won't play it this summer because I waited for, you know, the the Ultimate Edition to come out for Injustice so that I could buy the the copy with all the dlc already included instead of having to wait for it to be you know handed out in separately so i'd probably wait for the actually <laughs> when i bought my ps4 that was a bundle game so it was also the collector's edition ah well there you go yeah I, I, you know sometimes I, I just i'd rather wait for it that way instead of having it pieced out yep uh my first story uh is kind of a non-story but it's it's something to get excited about 
So uh, back on January, around January 4th, you had a Twitter user by the name of Travis Parker or his Twitter handle is at agent underscore Parker underscore. He tweeted at James Gunn and Brian Lynch. Can you put hashtag Moon Knight in Guardians? Moon, space, galaxy, close enough, right? And to that, James Gunn responded. He said, oh my God, I love Moon Knight and I have a great idea for a movie. I just wish I had the time. Parentheses, but no, he doesn't belong in Guardians. Close parentheses. And because of that, the internet somewhat exploded, or at least that area of the internet. <laughs> uh, I would love for James Gunn to do a Moon Knight movie. However, I would love for Moon Knight to be a series as opposed to a movie. I think uh, what you need to expand on the Moon Knight story or what you need to properly do it justice would be the long form of storytelling as opposed to a two-hour movie or three two-hour movies even. How do you feel about that? I agree with you. Um, I mean, I have uh, last year there or maybe two years ago, they rebooted him. And um, it was only a 12 issue arc, sad, but um, but it was a really good arc. And um, just to go out, uh, you know, get really deep into the character and his uh, psychosis, you really need, I agree with you, you need like a Netflix series type show for this character. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, uh, I, I think it would only be amazing. Now, I have been on Twitter and my Facebook for many years now saying that uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal would make a great Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, I could only wish that would happen. If it became a TV show, I would assume Gyllenhaal wouldn't do it. But as a movie, I could see him doing it. So let's see if that happens. Let's see if anything comes of that. I can only imagine that Marvel is just sitting there thinking, you know, uh, how can we... Marvel Studios is thinking, how can we use this property? Could be. <laughs> uh, another bit of new, uh, news, I have to say. Uh, Constantine, the Matt Ryan version of Constantine, the TV show that was on NBC that unceremoniously got canceled uh, you know, during its first season. I know you and I both enjoyed that show. Uh, I really wish it would have gone on. And then seeing the cameo of Matt Ryan as Constantine in Arrow made my day. However, <laughs> we are getting a little bit of a reprieve. CW Seed is picking up the show. So it's going to get an animated version to continue the story. Obviously, it won't be as graphic or violent as <laughs> the show on NBC was. But uh, I would say this is good news. Yeah, I would say so, too. Uh, maybe after uh, Justice League Dark comes out, um, since Matt Ryan is, uh, you know, reprising his role of Constantine, maybe they'll kick it off and, you know, have more of an animated series I, you than know, just on seed. Yeah, I would assume that's probably what, what's going in. There's, there's going to be a, there probably more than likely would be a tie-in between the two, uh, uh, which, you know, is good. It, it expands that universe. So uh, I, I don't know if I particularly will watch it. I didn't watch the Vixen Seed show. Did you ever watch that? no yeah so uh but i i hope that more is done with the john constantine character as well as matt ryan who i think embodied that character quite well did i say matt yeah. ryan character matt ryan actor who embodied that character quite well <laughs> he is not a character okay he's kind of a character he's uh, a character actor <laughs> yeah there you go he's a character actor Last, uh, not the last, but one of the another story that I wanted to talk about was something that you brought up on our Geek Elite Radio Facebook page, having to do with Talia Al Ghul in the Arrow series. Right, um, you know, you've been saying it. What if we've been sexist assholes the whole time, and Prometheus, uh, you know, is actually a woman? I wouldn't say I've been saying it the whole time, but yes, <laughs> I have been saying it for a while now, and uh, and I think uh, I couldn't believe I I didn't they didn't come to me because we definitely uh, saw that uh, you know there's no reason that this couldn't be a woman, and at the time when I said it, I was assuming I was thinking that maybe the new girlfriend of uh, Ollie would be might be the might be Prometheus, but in this article they hint that maybe it's uh, Talia al Ghul. 
uh, I think in this they say that she uh, she is the younger. She's, she's younger than Nissa. Yeah, she's younger than Nissa, right? I think so. That's the way I've always seen it in the comic books: is that Talia is younger than Nissa, and Nissa's from a previous marriage, and that she also used uh, the the what's it called the pits, the Lazarus pits, mm. to stay alive. But uh, I think in the show wise, they would have Talia be older. Because when we went into the past, when Sarah went in the past and uh, was part of the the League of League of Shadows again, um, and she was training Talia and Nissa, didn't they have Talia be the older sister? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember quite too well uh, about that episode, but that's uh, that's what I, I that's what I think I remember. Um, how would you feel about them bringing in Talia now? Now that they've, you know, they've killed, they've killed, they killed off Nissa, you know, a few seasons ago, uh, but we do have another Al Ghul sister or daughter, I should say, another daughter of the demon. So in. she can be in love with fucking Ollie, like how Talia is in love with with Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is Batman Light, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like uh, you know. Arrow is all the Batman stories from the comic book, and Supergirl is all the Superman stories from the comic book. Because those two characters don't have their own stories in the comic books, apparently. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, it's just going to be a little bit weird, because usually, you know, uh, Roz wants Batman to take on the mantle of the demon head, and, you know, Roz is dead. So I don't know how Talia is going to come into play into all of this. It's a very good question. You know, that's, uh, you know, I would assume that it's going to be more of a, I want revenge for you killing my father and taking, taking over his, well, kind of taking over his, his league and then disbanding it. <laughs> it's true. That uh, could work. Yeah, that, that could definitely work. All right. Last thing I do want to talk about is the promo posters AMC released for the walking dead and it even says the date for the release date on the walking dead february 12th there we go okay so they released a a set of posters and at first i thought it was uh five posters but it turned out to be nine posters actually oh nine yeah and i posted them on the geek elite radio facebook page and the first one we have is a picture of a bunch of uh, yellow rubber duckies then four cantaloupes, uh, a, a pile of peanuts in the peanut shells, a grave or a hole dug, a bucket turned upside down, a roll of dynamite strapped to a cord and rope, a makeshift, I don't even know what that is. It looks like maybe a flashlight with some kind of external power source, a bloody handprint on a wall, uh, and it looks like more, uh, it looks like walnuts being cracked open with a uh, hammer. So, I don't know what to make of any of these. At first, I thought they were all different, like, sayings for uh, someone's going to get killed. But I think the more I look at them, that doesn't really fit. So the only thing that I see is the only thing that I could think of was with that um, roll of dynamite that has uh, it very much looks like cable cord uh, wrapped around it. That mm -hmm. is basically AMC trying to say maybe you should cut your your cords, your cable, turn off your cable because you can get it through AMC or wh wherever you want to stream uh, TV from. Other than that, I don't know. Or maybe it means we're going to blow up your TV with what's going to happen. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> uh, what do you well, make of these? Well, you had a pretty cryptic but good explanation on Facebook as well as to what the first four images meant. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So, yeah, uh, the rubber duckies, I took it as a, were a bunch of sitting ducks. 
uh, the four cantaloupes. I think someone, uh, someone else on our, our Facebook page, uh, let me see if I can rem- find out who it was. Uh, Eric, Eric Lincoln. There you go. Our, uh, uh, Twitch player right now. Uh, he said the four melons could stand for four people being decapitated. So I took, I took and ran with that saying that meant four deaths. Uh, a pile of peanuts. Now I got the saying wrong. So the saying from Casablanca is, uh, our lives don't, don't equate to a pile of or to a, uh, a pile of beans or something like that. And I thought it was peanuts. So that's why I said uh, our lives don't equate to a pile of nuts. Uh, okay. Then the obvious reference to the grave is it's a shallow grave. It's obviously not six feet down. So uh, someone's dying. And then the bucket is kicked over. It's, it's upside down. So I said, kick the bucket. And that obviously means someone means death. It means death to someone, but that does not go with the other pictures. The makeshift fla- flashlight, no idea what the hell that is. Uh, the bloody handprint, someone's going to get stabbed, I would assume. <laughs> and then a hammer crushing walnuts. I, that could Lucille bashing in heads. Oh, that could be Lucille bashing in heads. Or maybe a new form of torture that someone's going to take to someone's testicles. <laughs> oh, God. And that's what I liked uh, about your... <laughs> I think, yeah, it was you that put your picture of Ron Burgundy. Well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Let's see. uh, Ramon Garcia, a common listener that we talk about, said, There is a surplus of rubber rubber ducks and peanuts. Melons are running low. Someone someone digs a well. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that could be problems that everybody is having in the zombie apocalypse. So... We'll see. <laughs> uh, any anything else that you wanted to talk about those pictures? Anything that you came up with? Someone's I, I know I read on the internet someone said that in the the picture with the cantaloupes you have three cantaloupes grouped together and the fourth one is off on its own, so that might be significant about something. Um. Well, basically, Carol's been part of the core group and she's been off on her own. That's true. She's very much off on her own right now. Uh, even even she wants to be even left more alone, but people seem to be cu- keep coming by, as we saw in the last episode when uh, was it uh, Ezekiel comes by often, bringing her produce. Um, uh, well, why can't I remember Lenny James's name right now? Morgan. Morgan came by and he tried to leave her alone, but she told him to come inside. And then finally, the the guy who wears hockey pads or baseball pads to fight off the zombie apocalypse is uh, came inside to ask her and Morgan for help to convince Ezekiel to fight the Saviors and Negan. But she just wants to be yep. left alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was anything else in particular you want to talk about those pictures? Uh, no, I can't think of anything, actually. I'm not thinking outside of the box like you are. Well, we're gonna get you there, Daniel. We're gonna get you there. Uh, any? Did you have any other news stories? Because I think I cut you off earlier. Uh, no, that's. Uh, I just had those two articles. Um, basically, uh, another rumor. Uh, last thing is uh, another rumor for uh, the release date for Rick and Morty season three, and everybody's speculating March. Ah, sounds good. We'll have to see the fate of Rick. We'll see if. Uh, uh, Rick will be free from the intergalactic prison or not. <laughs> uh, it's going to make me really, really sad if they just leave season two like that. And then we go to a different universe with Rick and Morty. You know what? I could see that show doing that. That show is so crazy and out there. And I mean, in the first season you have a young Morty having to go through an ex- existential crisis because he, he buried <laughs> his sister in the backyard or no, it was buried himself in the backyard or a version of himself. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. And he had to tell his sister that, and that's a sister from another universe because his universe got turned into weird fucking, uh, Cronenberg fucking creatures. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I've recently gone back and rewatched uh, the first two seasons, and I have to admit that I did not know my first time watching that show that there are stuff after the credits. Yeah, some of the episodes have them, some of them don't. And would, um, but yeah, uh, I 
think my second time watching the second season, I noticed that there's a at the credit scene. Yeah, which uh, you know, it's funny happened to me. Uh, the same thing happened to me. Uh, my the first time I watched Venture Brothers, uh, I, I it took me till my second time watching Venture Brothers to realize that there's stuff after the credits in that too. <laughs> uh, Venture Bros. <laughs> Uh, I need, you know what? I need to buy those uh, those DVD sets or something because I, I really want to rewatch that that show. Uh, okay. Did they take it off of Hulu? Oh, you know what? I haven't checked Hulu. I, I've only recently got a Hulu account, so I haven't really done a lot on there yet. I usually just go on oh. there if my DVR missed something. Oh, okay. So that's awesome. I'll go check that. Thank you. Yep. Uh, all right, we are talking about Netflix's Marvel right now. We're talking about Luke Cage. We've gone through, we've talked about Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil Season 2. Now we're going to be talking about Luke Cage, the third show, or I guess, yeah, third show, fourth season of a show. I don't know how you want to put it. Anyways, third show on the net, on Netflix from Marvel. Uh we watched. We're, t- we're going to talk about the first five episodes in this uh, this episode of Televised Heroics. Next episode, we'll talk about the next. Uh, did we say five episodes or four episodes? The last five. The, well, there's thirteen episodes total. Oh shit! Oh, okay, then we can do uh, six through nine. Six through nine. Yeah. Okay, and then we'll do the last four and the at at the end of that. So. If you've watched Luke Cage, this is where you'd, you'd find it. If you haven't, you'd uh, tune in next time. So the first five episodes of Luke Cage. Before we get into them, how did you feel about watching them, Daniel? Um, I felt really, really good. But um, after watching and getting more into it, I was a little bit shocked. Um, and everybody just kept telling me that the soundtrack is amazing. Um, so I couldn't wait to watch this uh, the series and... Holy shit, the soundtrack is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, yes, uh, when the show was about to come out, a lot of hype was put around the soundtrack. Uh, I think mostly because the showrunner for the show has a lot to do with music. I'm not quite too sure what all that means. You know, me with music, I'm not too keen on all of it. But all the episodes in this first season are named after songs by a band, a rap group called gangstar uh didn't know if you knew that hmm. or not but uh there are obvious influences to uh hip-hop and old school hip-hop along with uh biggie smalls and tupac and you know all kinds of things in this show uh you'll see you'll see it in cotton mouse club and uh pops's bar barbershop i should say sorry and uh luke cage himself so it's it's a very heavily influenced by music show. And with that, I have to say, I loved it. So uh, I'm excited that we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> the first episode starts off uh, not exactly where we last saw him in Jessica Jones, but not too far from that. He is hiding out in Harlem. And uh, he's working two jobs. We see him as a cleanup person at... The bar- at Pops's Barbershop, and we also see him as a dishwasher at Cottonmouth's Club. Uh, also, no, he, he Cottonmouth doesn't. He he'd kill me if you if you heard me saying it because he doesn't like being called Co- Cottonmouth. His name is Cornell Stokes, uh, and so you call him Mister Stokes. <laughs> so I call him Mister Stokes. That's right. Uh, he, and we 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 realize that he is not the most up and up man he's obviously evolved involved in the cd underworld and right now there are also ramifications of what's going on in daredevil uh, as they talk about how the the kingpin is no longer in charge you know there's there's uh, obviously room for people for other people to take his place and uh i believe stokes thinks that he can do it yep and um I mean, this episode we have a arms deal gone bad, right? And basically, God, um, I mean, how would you feel about all that that was going on during that? Oh, I guess we can say it about you know the kids that always go to a barber, uh, pops barber shop, and then accident, you know, actually finding out that they were the ones that were the main cause of that arms deal going bad. 
you know that's what I, I really enjoyed uh, the fact that they would you know they they make they make Pop's Barbershop very much a central point in Harlem and uh, the point uh, you know uh, of this story that we're we're watching. Um, before we get too much into it, let's talk about some of the characters that we see. We got Luke Cage, obviously, which is Mike Coulter. We saw from Jessica Jones. Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes is Maharashala Ali, which I know I just murdered his first name, and I'm sorry. Uh, we have the character of Misty Knight, who uh, is very big in the comic books. She and her partner... Uh, uh, man, I can't remember what her name is. It's uh, Wing... I believe, uh, become the new Heroes Fire after Danny Rand and Luke Cage. Uh, we have Shades Alvarez, played by Theo Rossi. Oh, I'm sorry, Misty Knight was played by Simone Missick. Uh, Alfrey Woodard plays uh, Mariah Dillard, who is uh, the sister of Cornell Stokes. Or is it cousin? Cousin of Cornell Stokes, I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. this is interesting because... She is probably the first person to play multiple roles or multiple major roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She is playing this Mariah Dillard character, and she also was in Captain America Civil War as the almost catalyst for the Civil War because she convinces Tony Stark that uh, her son died because of their wrongdoings in Ultron Age of... uh, Age of, or I'm sorry, Avengers Age of Ultron. Basically, because Tony Stark created Ultron, her son died. And, uh, you know, it it fuels Tony Stark into signing the the Accords, the Sokovia Accords, and making it so that uh, being a hero has to be sanctioned by the government. So it's interesting to see that she's playing two characters. Uh, the only other person that I've seen play two characters, and his second character wasn't major, uh, was Ever Korvinsky, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, he was the detective, or not detective, he was the partner, basically, to Agent Carter in the Agent Carter TV show. He had the crutch. He was also in Captain America, the first Avenger. No, I'm sorry, he was in the Avengers as a nameless police officer. And the only reason why I assume that he was in the Avengers is because he was in... Uh, what oh man joss whedon's show uh dollhouse so uh you know kind of gave him a a role to play in avengers even though he didn't get to say anything so th- hmm. those are the only two people that i can think of that did that uh henry pop okay. hunter uh is played by fake frankie Faison. he's the owner of the barbershop who gives uh luke cage a job knows that luke cage has special abilities and himself has also been in prison so uh, I think those are your major players uh, up to this point, and uh, it's good to know who those people are. Oh, Misty Knight is a detective with the New York Police Department, and he she also has a partner uh, played by Frank Whaley, Detective Raphael Scarf. And he's not shady at all. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh yeah, the first episode, we're, we're very much getting to know where Luke Cage is now. He doesn't want to be involved in any type of superheroics, just like in Jessica Jones. He, he just wants to be himself. The reason he got his powers is because he was set up in... In, uh, in, in prison? In, in prison, yeah. He was he was wrongly convicted. He, he wasn't supposed to be in prison. And as you see in episode four... Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see the origin of Luke Cage as he's in prison, and and he's in prison. The doctor there does some experiments on him and gives him his, I believe it's diamond hard skin, right? I, you know, originally yeah. when the character was created, I, he was it was only rock hard skin, but I think they've retconned it and changed it so that it's diamond hard skin, uh, and you know, uh, somewhat expedient. Yeah healing factor and uh uh enhanced strength so um i know we're skipping around and i I assume that's what we're gonna do in this first five episodes but we got to see luke cage in the very much classic luke cage look with the afro and the tiara and the yellow blouse and jeans what did you think of that 
Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if that was like a throwback to his comic book with, you know, like the tiara and the the silver arm armbands. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did see the the yellow t-shirt. I was like, oh, I recognize that shirt. Well, yeah, he wears the yellow t-shirt uh, a lot. And that's that's more of a, you know, to his his modern day uniform, I guess, in the comic books. He, in the comic books, he doesn't really wear a, an outfit anymore. It's kind of just a t-shirt and jeans thing. Everybody knows Luke Cage and Power Man are the same person. He's not a person with a secret identity. But uh, in the past, when he first came out, he wore a yellow blouse, which was very frilly. And he had a silver uh, tiara around his fro. And he wore silver gauntlets, I guess, around his wrist. And they very much did that look with him by happenstance. His gauntlets around (laughs) his wrist are his shackles from prison. The tiara was part of the experiment, and the yellow blouse he stole off of a clothesline when he was running. He was escaping from prison, so he even looks at himself in a window and he says, "Man, I look like a damn fool." And you know, it was just—it was great. <laughs> it was awesome to see. I'm glad they throw in little throwbacks like that. They did the same thing in Jessica Jones with her jewel outfit. You know, uh, her friend Trish makes makes the outfit or pulls it out of somewhere and says, how about this? And she's like, no, that's terrible. So, uh, you know, it's great way for them to throw that stuff around. Uh, Our Daredevil actually wears his Daredevil outfit at the end of season one and into season two. So, you know, he's probably the more traditionalist with the costume, but it's okay. I I think with these other two, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, how do you feel about that? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, a little bit of synopsis from episode one. With tensions building in the streets of Harlem, thanks to ruthless club owner Cottonmouth, Luke finds it increasingly difficult to live a quiet life. Uh, and like you said, the two boys that have also had a job at uh, working at uh, Pop's Barbershop found themselves in a guns deal gone bad, and Cottonmouth wants to find the, the people that ripped him off. Yeah, um, because what was it? Diamondback uh, was the one that Eric. He promised Diamondback that the deal wasn't go smoothly. Right, and the deal was with uh, a Hispanic gang, uh, also in New York, and I don't remember exactly who they were supposed to be. Uh, I don't know if you do. No, I don't remember. Yeah. So uh, you know, with that, they 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 basically tracked them down to. Uh, or they figure out who it, who it is they need to go after, and uh, more stuff ensues. Eventually, they make their way back to Pops's uh, barbershop, and Theo and or not Theo Rossi, but uh, Shades and uh, the other. I don't remember what the other guy's name was. They make it over there, but he, the other guy gets a little presumptuous and just starts unloading and kills Pops, I believe, right? Um, yeah, they, they, uh, end up shooting the, the, the barbershop and, uh, basically Luke saves a little boy, um, but he can't save, uh, he can't save Pops. Pops gets shot up and it's kind of sad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, yeah, that's, uh, and the little boy has to keep it a secret that, you know, Luke Cage is the one that saved him because Luke Cage doesn't want that kind of spotlight. So I have a question for you before we go any further. Um, and one of the scenes when they're on the rooftop, um, and I think it's, uh, you know, right after when uh, Cottonmouth uh, pushes uh, his associate off the, the building, he looks at, um, at Theo, um, or not Theo, uh, he looks at Shades. Uh, Alvarez and he calls him Power Man. Is that a reference to the comics or... Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pops calls uh, Luke Cage Power Man often too. Uh, I imagine Cottonmouth is doing the same thing. Uh, there, no one's ever. I don't think in this show or in Jessica Jones, he uh, Luke Cage is actually given him name himself the name Power Man. Uh, in the comic books, he doesn't even refer to himself as Power Man anymore. He just calls himself Luke Cage. So uh, they're they're toying around with that. They're you know letting it be letting it be out there that he. He is a type of power man, but he isn't power man. Okay. So, yeah. And the the character of Shades is, I think, very interesting. He's 
And I, I have to admit, I have, I have already gone through and watched this whole season uh, back when it first came out. And I know uh, you didn't. The, you're watching it for the first time. And I'm yep. excited for you to see what happens with Shades. Because Shades is oh. a very interesting character in the rest of the season. Okay. Um, as well as Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth is uh, very much what you would expect as the antithesis of Power Man uh, for the show. He, he makes a great villain. So uh, I'm excited to, to, to see it through your eyes, I guess, is the best way to put it. All right. Episode two synopsis. Luke is pulled deeper into the fight for his neighborhood win as a favor to an old friend. He tries to help a kid who is in trouble with Cottonmouth. And that's the kid that we were talking about earlier. Uh, the, the, the guy who actually was involved in the, the, the gun deal gone bad, or, you know, he pulled a fast one on both of both their men. Uh, that's where we, that's when pops is, barbershop gets shot up so episode three in the aftermath of a chaotic event as a favorite harlem hangout luke head heeds the call to action and hits hits cottonmouth where he'll feel it most uh and basically for a man like that where is the place that where where would you hit the person that person so he feels it most his wallet his wallet that's right uh we find out that in the show that he not only is it his money for his criminal empire, but he is also backing his cousin to be the new uh, mayor. I don't know. I don't think it's mayor that she's running for. It's like councilwoman or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's something, something for the the like for Harlem basically. Um, I don't I don't think it's mayor, uh, but it could be. I don't know. Uh, but so, you know, as everybody knows, running a campaign is very expensive. So he, he is giving her money and she's getting it illegally, obviously. But it is uh, money that she's using to run her campaign. And uh, when Luke goes in there, he, they lead, they allude to the, or they, they, they show you the scene of this movie or this part of the show uh, before we even get there. There's He's sitting there outside the building where the money is being kept. And he knows it's being kept there. Everybody knows the money's kept there. And he's just waiting to go inside. And he has his hoodie on. And uh, a guy comes up to rob him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that guy really probably should not have done that. It was not good for him in the end. Nope. Uh, eventually, uh, Luke Cage, I think, he, doesn't he, does he rip a car door off? Or does he have a different door? No, he rips off a car door. Okay, yeah, he rips off a car door and he walks in. So basically, even though he doesn't really need it, he he takes a door in there as a shield, almost Captain America-like, just like we saw in Captain America First Avenger when he rips off that door from the taxi cab, and he's yep. he's letting the door take the bullets. Uh, eventually, he throws it down, and, you know, he, he takes the bullets himself, which then again ruins another hoodie, which <laughs> is a running theme in this show. And uh, it was... I don't know if you, you had heard this or read this, but Mike Coulter has said many times uh, when the show first came out or when the season first dropped that it was, for him, very iconic or important that he was a hero black character in a hoodie saving uh, saving people and, and dealing out justice when, uh, you know, in the past in america american society you know a black a, a, a black man in a hoodie has not always been uh a, a respected or treated fairly or you know uh been justly uh treated you know what i mean right uh, so as he's running, he's not even running. He's walking slowly through this building, making his way to the vault. Uh, he is dealing justice with his fist <laughs> one by one. Uh, how'd you feel about his, his hallway scene uh, as best way to put it? Cause that's what we get a lot of in <laughs> these Marvel's <laughs> Marvel films or Marvel Netflix shows, hallway scenes. I, I'm going to let you finish, but I think that, you know, um, Daredevil had the best hallway scene. <laughs> uh, I would say the best hallway scene is in Daredevil season two, but it's from the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, because when he does his hallway scene in the the prison, 
that is pretty badass. However, the first and the first brutal. one, <laughs> the first one in the first Daredevil uh, season, that was incredible just to watch. So uh, give props up to that. But yes, this one is great too. You know, it, it was it was cool to see because he doesn't have to do all kinds of fancy moves. He doesn't have to do anything to really protect himself. He literally just can take any blow or any bullet and just keep moving, and eventually he's going to get to you. Which yeah. in itself is kind of scary. That's the that's the trademark of a lot of our horror movies out there. That Jason and Michael Voorhees, or I'm sorry, Jason Voorhees and Mike Myers do the exact same thing. Or Michael Myers, not Mike Myers, not the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I kind of wish this was a little bit more Raid Redemption-like, though. But it was so pretty awesome. You know what? That would be pretty cool if it was a little bit more Raid Redemption like, but it doesn't need to be. And that's it, you're, you're, you should you have to save that for your Daredevils, or maybe that's what we'll get in our uh, Iron Fist show when that comes around. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't wait. I hope there is some scene where you get to see, uh, you know, Iron Fist and, and Daredevil go into a fighting scene together. You know what I mean? Fight each other. Dude, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, so, you know, they they also, we're getting a lot of involvement with Misty Knight because she's the detective that's kind of, uh, that is investigating what happened at the junkyard. And uh, I believe she also is involved in this, uh, the aftermath of this happening. Um, eventually, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, her uh, looking at the crime scene photos and trying to piece everything together uh, reminded me of Boondock Saints when you have uh, Willem Dafoe kind of like, there was a firefight <laughs> kind of thing. It's true. Uh, and and they, they even talked about that early on in the season, how she can look at crime scene photos and literally put together what happened just from just from those. Which, uh, you know, we you're right. We have seen in other, other forms of media and uh, other stories like Boondock Saints with Willem Dafoe's character, but... Uh, it's very unique in this that the way that she does it, the way that she pieces it together, it show and it, it helps put to put to her character how intelligent, how smart, how uh, good at her job she is, and and how much of an asset she will be in the future for Luke Cage. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of assets, <laughs> the first time the two of them meet, they go home together. Yep. And. <laughs> He's mixing her drinks, and then it's like, come on, let's go home. Uh, uses a coffee line. <laughs> yes, and he even says, I don't even like coffee. but uh, Neither do I. <laughs> it is, uh, it is a, a, a thing to point out because she's kind of there at Cotton Mouse Club somewhat undercover. She's there doing work. So going home with someone that could potentially be uh, a bad guy is is a no-no in the police force that's true i didn't even see it that way and uh, i believe her partner even says something about that uh to her the next day i think her partner's just like oh what kind of you know what kind of girl are you <laughs> uh and you you alluded to it earlier uh we talk about the fact that uh her, her partner is not the 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 most straight arrow person we find out that he actually works for cottonmouth that was really surprising. He takes out one of the uh, uh, one of the witnesses, or not witnesses, but one of the people that actually stole Cottonmouth's money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was uh, a big blow. Uh, we, 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 you aren't you aren't really expecting the police officer character to be bad, especially the police officer character that's a partner with one of our main characters. Uh, from that point, right, and he seemed really easygoing and everything too. Like, oh, this guy, you know. This guy's going to be a cool character. He's going to be our comic relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you're expecting from him, but uh, it's not exactly what happens. Are we going to talk about the torture scene? Let's talk about the torture scene. All right. Go ahead. Well, um, you know something? So they end up getting one of the other guys that was involved in uh, the arms deal gone bad. Uh, they know that he has the money, and basically Cottonmouth just wails on him man it is insane um i'm surprised he didn't break his fucking wrists or knuckles you know just beating <laughs> down on him 
yeah, that was a it was a pretty insane uh, scene, and and you're right, he it's it's pretty pretty bad bad looking as well. Uh, but that just goes to show you the ruthlessness of of his character. It's it's what we also saw with the kingpin in uh, Daredevil when he you know decapitates that dude with the, with the car door. Oh. <laughs> uh, our bad guys in these shows are bad guys. I mean, David Tennant as the Purple Man is uh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know. Once again, great great depiction of a, of a character, and and for a character that's not, I don't I don't remember his character being all that much involved in the comic books. Um, I don't read too much of uh, Luke Cage comic books, though. I think the most I read of Luke Cage is either in the Avengers or when he was the head of Thunderbolts. So uh, I wouldn't know much about Cottonmouth. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Finally, episode five is like we said earlier, the origin episode where he we get to find out uh, about Luke Cage being in prison, and uh, the synopsis of it says, as he rescues a victim of Cotton Mouse's vengeance, Luke remembers his earlier life and the conspiracy that led to his superhuman strength. Uh, we see what it was like for him in prison, and every day there was pretty bad, right? Yeah, I'd oh, say. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was the synopsis for episode four. So episode five is Cottonmouth strikes back at Luke by taking his vengeance out on the people of Harlem while Detective Knight and Scar face an unexpected threat. So episode four was the origin episode. Episode five is the episode where uh, the the diner that he was eating at gets blown up. Right, and this is also the funeral episode as well. Funeral for pops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He gets up there and he makes his uh his speech pointing out that he's going to be going after someone, right? Yeah. Um basically um saying that like, you know, uh, everybody says that that would make Harlem better, but the people of Harlem is what makes, you know, Harlem even better and you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to give you empty promises." He's like, "I have to make sure that Harlem is a better place." Yeah, you know, uh very much so. You see this you say you see this heard a lot you see this herd. Wow. I'm awesome. Okay. You hear this a lot about different movies and different shows where they talk about the city itself is the, the fifth character, you know, it is the, it is a character in itself. And, uh, very much so they do this with this show where Harlem is a character of this show. It's very much the setting. They want you to know that's where it's at, but we're not, we're not in downtown Manhattan. We're not in, uh, Stark Tower. We're not. Uh, we're not in Queens, where Spider Man is at. We're not in, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hell's Kitchen anymore. We are in Harlem, and this is what's happening here. You know, uh, they have their own problems. They have their own views. They have their own uh, issues, and a lot of it, a lot of the show revolves around race. You know, it, it's it's a subject. It's a thing. You can't you can't ignore it. And it's not something that uh, that should be ignored, but uh, it's very much so uh, a big part of this show. Yeah, and um, the whole race factor is kind of uh, what 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 was shocking to me. I wasn't expected uh, expecting any of that, you know. Yeah, uh, and you know that's it, that's become. I think that's a little bit more of what comic books do today. Uh, in general, we, we we see social issues being brought up a lot uh, in comic books, uh, especially race. Um, so it's it was in, I think it was important for them to do it in this sh- this adaptation as well. Uh, yeah, look at Luke Cage in itself. He's he was created as a black ex uh, black exploitation character, like very very much so in the vein of. Uh, uh, Superfly and Cleopatra J- Jones and uh, uh, Shaft uh, back in the 60s and 60s and 70s and you know he's come out of that at, in the 90s he was he was a lot more gangster thug and now he's just kind of the uh, a character he's the character that is not not only uh, uh, an Avenger but he is married to Jessica Jones a white woman and they have a baby together you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a way of showing that these characters are, have evolved and they are more than just the one thing that they're supposed, they were created to be. 
but they do the comic books themselves still realize that they are they are a way of teaching people things or showing things to people or exposing things to people and uh it's good because you know the comic books are traditionally read by by kids people the the people that are developing their their brains and their their minds and stuff like that but more often than not i think comic books now are are written for adults yeah very much so so uh you know it's i i find it you know i find it all it is a a good thing that you know these things are talked about and and brought up in in these these ways however it's not i don't i don't find it to be heavy-handed when it's heavy-handed and it's way too much in your face about it 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 can be uh it can be off-putting so uh i i applaud the show i guess is the best way to put it (laughs) uh what else did you want to talk about the five episodes? I mean, I know we, we very much brushed over a lot of it. Um, but I, and I think that, you know, if we had more time, we would, we would go over more of it, but I think this is a good way of telling people what to expect and what, what is, what can be seen. Um, I'm trying to, I mean, what did you, what's something that you weren't expecting from the show? Other than the the race, um, the just about every episode has a live perform. Well, I guess you can't say live performance, but has a musical performance. You're right. That was that was interesting. And once again, you know, uh, for for me, was a person a person who doesn't really uh, enjoy music all that much. That we we get to see uh, a musical performance in the middle of the episode because a lot of the show also revolves around Cottonmouth's Club. Uh, yeah. Do you remember what the do you remember what the name of the club is? I forget. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yeah, just Cornell's, Cornell's club. Um, but yeah, you know we we get to see a different performance in every episode, and they very much focus part of that episode on it. Uh, to me, I could do without it. You know, I I talk about this a lot in movies when the director really focuses on a selection of music to to spotlight. Uh, scenes and you get scenes where you know the whole thing is just built around that that piece of music and it, it really takes me out uh, when watching the story and that kind of happens here too I almost sometimes I almost find myself almost fast forwarding through those scenes uh, that those parts but I don't because just in case there are some crucial storyline or story component in that that I don't do it but I can do without it Okay, well, then I was going to say, you know, I like the soundtrack so much, uh, I'm probably going to get it on vinyl, but uh, never mind. Whatever, Mitch. You can buy it. You, you, if you like it, you can get it. You just don't buy it for me. One, I don't even have a record player to play any vinyl on. <laughs> and two, uh, I, when I'm in the car, I don't even listen to, to music. I listen to uh, podcasts, so... <laughs> Like I used to listen to a lot of music in, in the car and stuff when I'm driving around, but like I found myself just listening to more and more podcasts all the time. So my I don't even my my music collection on my my cell phone at this point consists of only Easy Street from from The Walking Dead. Oh God! <laughs> so uh, there you have that. <laughs> I am going to, you know what, I think this year I'm going to try and build a, or do some type of haunted house thing for Halloween, and I am going to have one room where you seem like you're locked in there with that song playing on repeat. (laughs) Oh, God, no. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. I would love to hear what other people have to say about these first five episodes of Luke Cage. Next week, we'll get into the next five episodes of Luke Cage, and then the week after that, the last three episodes. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel is also on Twitter as at Daniel Von Helvet. And you can get a hold of Geek Elite Radio on Twitter as at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as we stated earlier, there are going to be this show is going to be split into th- at least three shows, or at the most three shows, uh, uh, starting here within the next month or two. And Daniel will still be the host of all three. I will be on, I think, did we decide if I'm on one or two? You're doing the Marvel one. You're doing the other one. No, the DC one. I'm doing the DC one for sure. 
and then the other yeah. one is is probably me. So the Walking Dead one is you and yes. someone else. Uh, yes. So make sure to to stay tuned for all those details. Um, go to our Facebook page. Be a part. Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel was also doing another podcast. If you're a Dragon Ball fan, you want to listen to that. Super Saiyan Geeks. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, be a part of that universe. You know, uh, be a part of that conversation. Then check us out on Facebook, Geek Elite Radio. Uh, make sure you like our page and spread it around. And then go to our webpage and uh, check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts, podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, which should still be next week, this has been Televised yeah. Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.